You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. So here's what Lacrosse has recently done. They've taken their 100 plus years of experience to create a new line of lace-up hunting boots called the Navigator Series. Now the Navigator Series comes in two options, the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. Now if you want to find out more about their high-quality awesome boots, you need to go to lacrossefootwear.com. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, brought to you by Expedition Archery. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 48, where we talk with Garrett Rowe on Elk Decoy Tactics. Hello, and thanks again for tuning in to the Transition Wild Podcast, the number one source for Western big game hunting. Can you believe we are just about a month away from kicking off the Colorado archery elk hunting season, and uh, this is going to be one of those years that you should do as I say and not as I do. <laughs> and what I mean by that, I am I am totally not prepared at all. I, I, uh, I am way behind on this season and, uh, you know, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm going to, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to, you know, put to together, put to use all of this knowledge that I've gained over the past few years and, and see if I can just really run and gun. <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to be one of those seasons for sure. But I picked up a, a spotting scope recently, uh, a Vortex spotting scope. So I'm going to start doing some some driving around, glassing, see if I can start scouting some elk up at Treeline and, and just see where they're at. You know, I'm really, you know, for this year, I I got a lot of people coming out, going to be hunting with me, and, and I've got a pretty jam-packed September. So I'm, I'm really going to use this year as more of a... Uh, scouting year like I want to I want to find some new areas I want to find some more ground I want to find some overlooked spots that people aren't getting into so I'm really looking forward to that you know who knows what what the hell this season's gonna turn out like (laughs) uh and how much time I'll actually get to hunt but you know it's it's fun to have friends and family out and you know uh you know life is always busy but uh you know, I, I just look forward to, to getting out there no matter what, whether I kill something or not. It's the experience. It's the it's getting back into nature. It's the views. It's uh, hearing an elk bugle. It's it's all that combined into one. So whatever happens, happens. So I hope I hope you long story short, I hope you're more prepared than I am because <laughs> we are getting close. Um, so as mentioned from the previous episode, we're, we're this, these next couple weeks, uh, month leading into season, we've got a lot of like podcasts, just, just geared around, uh, tactics, strategies, and, and really just gearing around elk hunting. Cause that's kind of the, the major thing. And in this episode is no different. And today we have Garrett Rowe with heads up decoy. I've had him on the podcast, a number of times, but today we're really jumping into elk decoy tactics and really getting aggressive. And uh, you may or may not know, Heads Up Decoy, they make lightweight, portable decoys. I have one with me all the time when I'm hunting, and I've had some amazing experiences uh, using one. And and I definitely encourage you to do the same. But today, Garrett kind of highlights how he uses the decoys. We talk about some of his past hunts and counters how they can really be another tool in the shed in order to kind of, you know, make something happen, whether it's a Hail Mary, you don't know what's, uh, what, what could possibly come of a certain scenario. Hey, a decoy can certainly help you with that. Make sure you stay tuned to the entire episode because we are doing a giveaway. Garrett is, uh, gracious enough to participate in the giveaway. So we're giving away a cow elk decoy. So, if you've got a hunt coming up, this is definitely one you want to get entered into. So make sure you pay attention to that and enter to win. Last thing, go to transitionwild.com, subscribe. I will send you the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide for free. It's going to help you plan your hunt, where to hunt, when to hunt, scouting, and just a lot of information, articles, and uh, you know, it really inspiration at the end of the day. Hopefully kind of keeps you on track and and really introduces you gives you a high level view of elk hunting in Colorado 
All right, let's not wait any longer. Let's get Garrett Rowe on the line. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by Expedition Archery, manufacturer of the world's finest archery experience. Expedition bows combine aerospace level quality, innovative designs, and a fluid feel serious hunters demand. Test drive one today at your nearest archery retailer and view their full lineup at expeditionarchery.com. Why settle for status quo when opportunity and adventure awaits? Make your next hunt an expedition. All right, joining us now, we have Garrett Rowe with Heads Up Decoy. How you doing today, Garrett? I'm good, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. You're, uh, I think this is your third appearance on the yeah. podcast, so you're considered a right. Transition Wild podcast celebrity. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the royalty family now. You're, uh, you're the Absolutely. most. Absolutely. All right. I think you've been on the most times. Uh, oh, my least, gosh. At least tied for it. So <laughs> I, I am honored. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you back on. We, we sure are. What, uh, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? I know you've been involved with a lot of family baseball and your, your son's games and everything, but have you had any time to get outside and do some scouting, run some trail cameras, shoot your bow at least? Um, zero time <laughs> doing any of that. Um, yeah, it's been pretty much baseball. Um, you know, I think the last time I shot my bow was at a turkey <laughs> and, uh, and so that was back in maybe May, first of May, late April. Um, and we really kick into baseball, you know, right after, you know, right when May starts kind of hitting and then we're we get out of school most of june um and end of may is pretty much baseball 247 and i played baseball in college so um it's kind of my sport i guess i have a passion for it and so a friend of mine and i we have a couple of teams that we help coach and um you know ours we spend most of our time with you know kind of our group but um it's it's been fun it's a passion of ours and just like bow hunting you know um you're not going to be good at it if you and if you uh if you don't have uh some dedication and work at it so for sure there's yeah. a lot of parallels to baseball and, and bow hunting honestly <laughs> baseball is a game of failure and and bow hunting you know you're you just don't go out and 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 have success right away every time you go out so uh, isn't that the truth? I, I still don't have a lot of success and I'm, uh, 15, 20 years in now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's crazy how, how that just puts you back in, in, in place and, and puts you back in check real quick, especially elk hunting, uh, with a bow. It's, oh yeah. It's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully things will, will, uh, lighten up for you here at some point where you can at least get out and, and do some, some glass. And I mean, do you, do you, do you have a chance to normally in the summer to get out and, and do some of that stuff or you just kind of yeah, more some, on the fly? Some, yeah. Um, we try to, um, it just kind of seems like for whatever reason, things are just kind of aligned up to where we're really, you know, things are just kind of going on, um, <clears throat> this summer, but I generally, um, have my cameras out by now um or yeah pretty much you know mid-july first of july july 4th weekend whatever um i'll start getting them out and then kind of checking them at least once every week or two um and then when i go out and check them and pull cards then i you know then i'll you know glass and um kind of you know drive around see what's going on see if i can spot me something interesting and um you know so that's generally how my summers work but this year it's just been um you know things have kind of come up where my evenings are a little more um busier for me to get out than i can so i can't get my cameras up but i'm itching oh yeah 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 yeah, me too. I'm itching to get some cameras out here, and I I was actually just thinking about this the other day. I'm I surely do miss hunting Kansas. It's been a few years since I've been out there to to hunt whitetails, but man, some of my best memories, especially hunting public land and and some private too. It's just been it's always been good. I, I I've loved it. But so at some point, I'll have to get back there. 
for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you have to let me know. We'll hook up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, I want to, you know, this episode, I really want to gear around like aggressive, you know, elk tactics and, you know, maybe some tactics you've used with your cow elk decoy and, and really just, you know, highlight maybe some of your past hunts and, and dive into some of that. But, uh, before we get into kind of the elk stuff, I just want to, I know people have, have heard probably your podcast before and are somewhat familiar with Heads Up Decoy, but just give us the background, how it got started and, you know, what decoys you offer. Yeah, um, well, I started, uh, the idea came to me in 1999, but I really didn't start coming up with a product until I started elk hunting uh, and a more regular, and then I came up with the the concept um, and and the, and a product that I thought was functional and workable um, back in you know 2008 2009 is kind of really when I you know first kind of made myself public um, and 2008 I killed my first deer with uh, mule deer but the elk was the first thing I came up with because I my idea of elk hunting is to you know call try to interact you know call in a bull and and the, all the places that i hunted uh were fairly dark timber i mean uh and you don't really see them see the elk from a long ways away and elk were you know it's like they didn't really bugle a lot and most of the time we were just basically scaring them honestly <laughs> and you know so you know things were just it just to me seemed like um i didn't need to have a full body decoy and something that could be handheld where you can grab the attention of a bull um and then in a lot of the areas people hunt with all the with the cover you know you don't always see the entire elk anyway and and if they see it from a distance uh when they are looking for it then a lot of times that's you know, whatever you have out there is just enough to, to convince them that, oh yeah, there is an elk there. And so I'm going to go check her out. That's yeah. what's making the noise. And and so that's really the whole entire concept. But, um, you know, we've done a lot of stuff since then. Um, uh, you know, we've kind of created new ways to hunt, honestly, since 2009, I shot a mule deer in the middle of Milo stock. I, uh, I cut Milo, um, which is a, which is a, um, a very common fall crop here in, you know, Kansas. And so, um, you know, there was a mule deer buck with a doe and he wouldn't leave her. And so I basically walked right up on him with the decoy in my, uh, on my, in my bow mount and I shot him. And so at, at that point we knew that, man, we need to just make sure we try anything we can and, and anything in our, in our imagination. And then that was, kind of the beginning of you know kind of a really a lot of fun with you know hunting on the ground with the decoys because then the next year we snuck up on a whitetail buck in a milo stocks again and bedded and we got close and held up a the whitetail buck decoy and grunted him in to 17 yards and um you know there was a, it was shooting him out of self-defense essentially and <laughs> at that point you know we kind of really took the ground took off and ran with kind of what our decoys were, um, and they're handheld and, or bow mountable, or you can clamp them to a tree. Um, <clears throat> you can use them with a partner or by yourself. Um, so just a lot of different, uh, I wanted to design a product that was versatile and that could be used in a lot of different ways. And it took a long time to kind of, you know, create those ways. Honestly, we were creating them as, as we were going. Um, and, now we have a pretty good idea of how to use most of our decoys. And, uh, so <clears throat> it's just now repeating it, you know, finding animals and getting in the mix. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like how you talk about, you know, it's, it's a, basically a completely different and, and new style of, of hunting. Like in the past, it's always just, you know, try to be unseen and be still and be quiet. Yeah. Whereas these, you want to, you know, you can, get away with more movement and that's the purpose is to to get them to see you you know and investigate yes it's the complete opposite concept of, for bow hunters is you know to be unseen and everything and that and but with the decoys and the way 
our products are designed. It's the entire object is to grab that decoy, be really aggressive, um, and push the <laughs> push the limits of sanity, I guess, with a bow and, and to be seen. And I think I've talked to you about this. Um, I don't know if it's been on a podcast with you or not, but I know that I've mentioned it many times to people that you know uh, I don't know how many times I've left the truck. Um, and either thought to myself or said to somebody that I was with, we're either going to kill that thing or we're going to scare it. And the, 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 the whole reason there and that whole comment is, you know, there's, there's an opportunity there and we're going to try to figure out using our own abilities to get this animal into bow range. Um, and if we don't, we'll probably scare it, yeah. you know, so <laughs> Um, I love it. You know, because sitting in the truck, you definitely aren't going to get it. <laughs> yeah. And sitting at home on the couch uh, either. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's super cool. I love the concept. Some of my uh, best memories and and some of my best stocks. Although I've I've never had a successful kill. It's not the decoy's fault. It's it's all on myself. But uh, mm-hmm. just some amazing encounters with with deer. Just posturing up at me you know or you know a buck coming in to kick my ass and that's just it's just amazing it's it's really something that's a completely different world and and something that um you just gotta experience for yourself and get that rush it's crazy yeah that part of it is unique to our product when you're (laughs) when you're operating and interacting with the animal using our decoy that's a that's unique to what we do what you know and so and, and gosh, you know, I've been, we've been, that's been, I've been doing that exact thing since 2010, you know, and wow. it just, it's crazy to think that I've been chasing whitetails with a whitetail buck decoy <clears throat> since 2010, just like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. What, uh, I was reading, uh, bow hunter magazine recently and it, the latest issue is kind of all the gear stuff. And I saw a heads up decoy uh-huh. was in there. That's really cool. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, for everybody listening, it's, it's definitely something you should consider. Uh, especially, especially this time of year getting into elk season. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool. And I, I, I love the, the cow elk decoy just because it's, I can just strap it to my backpack. It's light. It doesn't make any noise. It's out of my way, but it's there when I need it. So I never, never leave uh, without it just because it, it's, it's so small. It's not an inconvenience, which I like. Yes. Well, and <laughs> what you said is exactly the entire philosophy of the decoy is to take it every day you go. Because, you know, Adam, you and I both know what it's like to hunt in Colorado over the counter elk. Yep. The days could go by without seeing an animal. And then all of a sudden, just everything just kind of explodes or you're in that magical place. And you're calling and you got a bull responding. And, you know, then all of a sudden he looks and he's not seeing anything. He goes away. You know, the, the idea of the decoy is to help you and for you to take it every single day. So, um, I like to think they're durable too. Um, you may set it down and lose it before you wear it out, but there are people out there that, that for whatever reason, just love to break stuff, but, um, it's a a durable product. Yeah. They're, they're, they're durable. They're realistic. They're lightweight. Um, they, they're versatile as far as how you can use it. Um, and, and that, that's why I built the decoy the way I did. Um, you can use it by yourself. You know, you can hang it in a tree. You could run a branch up the socket part of it, or you could clamp it to a tree or you could give it to your buddy. I mean, there's just, we've covered the gamut of decoying and, and calling elk and trying to lure them into a shooting lane with a decoy and that includes not using it. I mean, if you find that, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that every time they see the decoy that they're just going to, you know, they're going to be coming in spitting and slobbering. Um, there, that's not true either, but there are, you know, you have to read the animal and his level of, um, 
interest. Um, you know, but I always felt, I always feel like there's always, you know, seven, five, seven, ten days out of the year where the decoys just, you know, really just in an elk season as far as archery goes in the rut is just like you, you, you need to have it. And, yeah. and you never know when that day is and you never know. I think that's a, the thing about elk or that, um, their attitudes and their, what they're in their needs, you know, are fairly different. Um, and that's the challenging part as well as far as decoying, but, um, the decoy is designed for, for you to make it work. The hunter, um, it, we rely on you to make it work. Um, it's, that's what it's designed to do for you to, um, take your knowledge, your experience and apply it to what you think the situation calls for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like it's another tool in the, in the bucket, you know, it's like, it's another avenue for you to be able to have success and it might come out of nowhere. Um, you never know yeah. what the scenario is going to be. I, I actually had a guy yeah. on my podcast, um, last fall, he was talking about his Montana elk hunt and he, he said he, he used the heads up decoy to just, he had to cross kind of this open meadow and, yeah. you know, cause he was yeah. trying to, he was trying to get in on this bull and, and this was like the only, you know, it was kind of an open area. So he, he, uh, he just threw up the decoy and he kind of hid behind it as he was crossing that area and it, and he got through undetected. And, uh, you know, he said the bull had looked at him a few times and, and, you know, just, they don't really pay attention to it cause they just think it's another elk, you know, it's pretty cool. Yes. Yes. That's, that is definitely one way to use our cow elk decoys to help you move around. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've found myself like doing what you said. I just, uh, if I'm, I like it cause I solo hunt a decent amount of times and uh-huh. uh, just by myself. And, and a lot of times I'll just, I'll just like literally put it in the tree. Like if it's not windy, I'll just like kind of set it in the, yep. in, in a couple mm-hmm. branches right. and a tree 20, yeah. 30 yards behind me yeah. or something. And, right. Or stick it yep. over a branch, and and it just works out really well, really well, especially yep. in the over counter units when you're calling and something's coming in. Um, you know those those animals are quite wary, and they've they've been around that show before. So any little thing that you can convince them is just the extra edge that you, you might need to get an arrow in. For sure. Yeah, we. Uh, um... I like to use it in a two personal scenario. I don't, I, I, last year in Colorado was the first year that I hunted, um, essentially by myself for any significant amount of time. I was out there towards the end of my hunt last year for the last week, essentially. And, uh, but generally I, I prefer a two person setup. If you're going to call, I just, you know, I think most, Generally, most people find that to be the most successful, but I like to use it because then the guy that's calling can steer the elk, use the decoy to get the elk's attention and do other things and operate it um, because it is handheld. Yeah. Yeah. To to make that to make the decoy more realistic and make it, uh, uh, you know, to work because I think if although you can use it stationary. Um, you know, you also are relying on that elk to find it, to see it. Yeah. And, and when you have somebody back there using and operating, handling the the decoy, then you can, um, you can, you know, you can really make sure that you get that, that, that bull's attention. And, and, and I noticed that several years ago, one of the coolest encounters we'd had with the elk decoy was, um, in Colorado and way back in the wilderness, we had, we were never had stepped foot in that area before. And we kind of, I had some maps and I said, we're just going to walk up this trail and this first ridge, we're going to go up it. We're going to get about a hundred yards off the trail up this ridge. I'm going to bugle. We'll see what happens. And we got up there. It was just a nasty tangle also of just deadfalls and stuff. You know what it's like out there now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I bugled and one responded right away. And, I mean, it was like he was bam. I saw him, 
and there wasn't a whole lot of time to set up. Um, and he was starting to kind of come down the hill and my brother was with me. And so we were essentially side by side. And so he was kneeling down, uh, which I don't recommend for elk hunting. If anybody's out there listening, I, I think you should stay on your feet. Stay, um, stay but, on your feet and get in front of the tree. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get in front of whatever and stay on your feet. Um, unless you've got a lot, unless it's really open, then I have no problem getting on your knees. But, yeah. um, the, you know, we were, I was going back and forth a little bit with this bull and as he was coming down, he kind of stopped out there at about 75 to a hundred yards and he was looking and I had the decoy out and I, he was just kind of panning. And my recommendation to anybody that's listening, that's going to use our decoy or decoys in general is you've got like in that scenario, you only have a long, uh, you know, a few seconds or a few moments before that bull says, okay, there's something going on here. And so I knew he couldn't see it. And I literally stood up and was like, and I was standing anyway. And I held that the decoy above my head and I moved it and I kept going, sticking it out and out and out and out from whatever I had for cover. And I saw his head just like, you know, boom, I see it. And then I just kind of brought the, the decoy back down to normal, um, slowly back down to where it would be, you know, not way above my head. And he came right into seven yards. And, um, in the back of my mind, there was a gentleman that uses our, my decoy in, in New Mexico quite often. He says his partner always knows exactly when to move the decoy to stop that bull, um, in my shooting lane. And so I'm watching this giant bull walk down the ridge at us. And my brother's a full draw and I'm going, man, this is really going to happen. This is, this is really happening. <laughs> and so he got to a point where I really, where I thought he was in a shooting lane for my brother. And so I just kind of dropped the decoy and that bull just froze and he was seven yards away. And I could see my brother in the corner of my eye to my right, just sitting there full draw and this bull just kind of sitting there. And it's just like the longest five seconds of my entire life. I'll never forgive myself for it. <laughs> and damn, he, spins out of there and runs up the hill and is gone for the rest of our lives. And, um, I looked at him and I said, why couldn't you shoot? I mean, you could have, you know, he was quartering too. You could have, you know, stuck it right there, you know, in it, you know, I, I felt like he had either a broadside shot or, or, or decent quartering too. And he, there was a, there was a small tree right in front of him that was just kind of, and he didn't want to take that shot. So I credit him for not, you know, just throwing the arrow out there and making it a miserable day. Yeah. Um, and so that bull was something else. He was a big six by six on one side and on the left side, it was just this giant long pole coming off of his head. It was just wow. crazy looking. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, if you can get some movement there, it, it just seems like it's going to be that much more realistic. Uh, do you find yourself ever using, I know you use it quite a bit for whitetails and antelope, uh, the bow mount. Do you find yourself using it that much for elk hunting, like actually having the bow uh, mount and, and, and everything right there? In front yes, of yes, yes. I've done that and actually had, uh, I have done that um, and it kind of depends on the situation, but I do do that on occasion. Uh, last year I did it and, you know, we kind of scattered these cows a little bit or this herd. And I think they had kind of gone in all kinds of different directions. And I called a calf like within, I mean, I could have, and I had the decoy in my bow mount and she, that calf came like right in on me. It wasn't, uh, um, it wasn't a giant bull or anything, but I know that my brothers use it and had, had cows walk right by him and totally circle him and then just walk off. Um, that's so you know, cool. I think back, yeah, 2010, when I was in Arizona, I did have a decoy in my boat mount and I could feel the wind on my back and this bull elk was out there 50 yards. And he was just like, he, I knew my wind was going there because I could feel it. 
and I was, and, and he was coming and then he just stops. He just kind of looked there and he's like, I really want to keep coming, but man, something doesn't, isn't quite right here. It doesn't, you know, and so I have done that. I, it's just not my preferred way for, uh, for elk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it can be a yeah. little tight that, that dark timber deadfall is, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tough to navigate. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I'll usually use the bow mount when, um, you know, I'm in more open type stuff. And when I'm in more timbered things, I usually clamp it to something, um, or, um, have somebody hold the decoy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Now, as as far as a calling setup, like so, you mentioned maybe getting attention of, of a bull. He might be a hundred yards out. He might be fifty yards out. But once mm-hmm. once he's seen it, do you then try to be a little bit less um, less movement there, or do you? How, yes, how does that I work? generally do. Yes, I generally do less movement once he's locked in and coming. Then I just let him see it. I just let him keep coming because. In my mind, they always kind of take, you know, they've also got to get over all that crap too, you know, that's laying in front of them and, and weaving and trying to get to where you're at. So they've got to take their eyes off of you too. And so if they do, and I feel like um, that maybe, you know, some movement might be necessary, I might move it kind of when they're not completely locked on me. Um, but generally I like to just let them, I mean, if it's working, then I don't, I don't, I, I don't do anything that, uh, that might keep it from finishing them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now in, in regards to like a calling setup, let's say with a partner, uh, is there a certain like distance behind or a certain like setup where you want to be? as far as like shooter and caller decoyer, like how does that work? Um, so let me just say from my perspective, let's I'm, if I'm not the shooter and I'm the caller slash decoyer, I generally don't like, um, to be completely out of sight from the shooter because I want to be able to see what, he sees i guess what i mean i I guess what i mean by that is i want to know what's going on by seeing what he's doing and if i can hear the elk doing different things like moving and weaving and and zigzagging i can also move and kind of help uh draw the bull past the hunter um but i generally don't like to get too far i like to be able to visually communicate with hand signals and stuff with the guy that's shooting. So I'm usually however far out of eyesight, you know, you can get, um, I, I suppose sometimes it's 30 or 40 yards. Sometimes it might be 80. Um, but as long as I can shoot, see the shooter, um, I really, you know, to me, that tells me how close the bull is going to get, <laughs> Oh yeah. you know, if yeah. it's really, if it's super dense, I don't need to be back there too terribly far um maybe that's probably some of our issues but i generally make a lot of noise too when i when i'm calling i just don't stick to i don't really rely on cow calls um only or calls only um because they're a noisy animal i think being able to um make those you know rocks roll and twig snap um i think those are as valuable as being good on the call yeah and if you have that decoy and you've you've got it up and you're moving and walking a little bit or trying to make that type of noise then that's also helps kind of cover you they don't see some guy back there breaking limbs and stuff they got it there's a ah, there's a yeah you know so that's the that's just yeah that's kind of that's basically how most of my success has been pretty much all of it you know that's that's just kind of how we use it um and we have a lot of people like in this situation that you had discussed earlier about the you know the hunter kind of scooting across a clearing with the decoy that's one way to use it um the bow mount's another i know we've had people shoot elk with the decoy in the bow mount um it's just you know 
whatever, you know, you just got to get in kill mode, I guess. You know? <laughs> if, if putting it in the decoy, if putting the decoy in the bow mount is, is what you need to do, then that's, then that's what you do. Well, I feel like, you know, for, for the person that's coming out of state, they're driving, you know, a thousand plus miles. They've, they've waited all year. They've bought the tags. They've got all this money and time off of work wrapped into this hunt. I just feel like a decoy is just another way to like get after it. And it can allow you to get more aggressive and, and just yeah. give you those extra chances that you're, you're you might not have, um, you know, cause like every, every elk hunter, myself included, if I'm out hunting for a solid week, I'm hoping for that one opportunity. I'm hoping for maybe two opportunities. I don't know. One shot opportunity. And you've got to capitalize on it. And you've got to have every um, trick in the book to to make that happen. I feel like this is, uh, you know, another way to to maybe just, it could be a Hail Mary. You're like, I don't think that's just going to happen. I'm going to try it though. And, And you never know. Yes. You don't know how many times we've killed stuff by saying F it. It just might work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? And yeah, right. I mean, you, you know, you're out there, um, and, and, you know, you know, some humbling country and, you know, you, you're not always going to be in the elk. It's nice to have a lot of different opportunities to, you know, because it's hard to get the right, you know, it's hard to get it done in that type of country. I mean, y'all, because, the wind's going to swirl there's going to be a log covering the vitals or there's going to be other people you know there's just so many different things to keep you from being successful and to finally get it right and to watch a bull stand out there or know he's standing out there at 100 yards just and all you can see is his legs and he's just sitting there wondering what's okay, I should be seeing something down there. And then at that point you realize, man, I should have probably invested in something that's (laughs) going to last you for 10 elk seasons, you know, or how many ever you go on. I mean, our decoys are, I mean, it's going to last you a long time and we stand behind the product. Um, I, I don't, um, I mean, I take care of my decoys, but I don't like baby them. Yeah. Um, you know, I use them hard. Um, and so, you know, to me, that small investment, you know, that you can take for the, you know, the remainder of your time you go is, to me, it's worth it. So. Heck yeah, 100%. So what, uh, what's your, what's your strategy more on maybe, let's say, early season stuff, uh, typically maybe what you've hunted or maybe what you've experienced from some of your customer testimonials and whatnot um like kind of what's the strategy go to for early season with the decoy versus maybe the rut well i think i I don't get a lot of feedback early because i think most people are just purely locating them and spotting and stalking them or sitting on water um you know um i don't think people generally think of decoys elk hunters i mean you know, um, generally speaking, I think that when they think decoys, they're thinking calling, rutting, that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and I live in Kansas and so I've, I've never technically hunted quote unquote early. Um, the, you know, most of the time that I've hunted, it's been, you know, beyond the 7th or 8th of September and, and that's still kind of early but it's not August, you know, 28th. Either. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, you know, like, you know, the decoy probably in that scenario is more of something just to kind of cover you to say, Oh, if you're stocking in on something and they may pick up some movement, you know, the decoy can help you, you know, kind of ease them. And, yeah. and, and we hear a lot of, we hear about that a lot. A lot of people are like, man, you know, that decoy just calmed that animal down and I was able to, you know, so, and again, it just kind of shows that the decoy is more than just attracting something. It can do other things. Yeah. Yeah. That's I feel like in the early season setup or scenario, it's, it's just more like, yeah, to cover, to cover you yep. and then, um, you know, add that, uh, realistic 
feel to it. I guess if you're sitting on a meadow, yeah. like I, I do a yeah. lot of kind of stationary, just watching, you know, sitting over a meadow or a pinch point uh-huh. or, or, or a yeah. trail draw something like that. And, and mm-hmm. it just adds to the, to the experience and to make yeah. it a little bit more realistic for sure. Yeah. I know when, uh, like anytime we stop, it's generally a good idea to put the decoy up. Um, especially if you're going to sit and have lunch or maybe take a nap, um, uh, because you, I mean, in Arizona, when I was there, you know, uh, a couple of times we had had the decoy up and we were just kind of relaxing, waiting for some mid afternoon, um, activity. And, you know, somebody a mile away may have bumped some elk or maybe they were transitioning to another spot or going to a, a water hole or doing whatever, and lo and behold, we hear some noise and make a couple of cow calls. They see the elk decoy stuck in the tree, you know, uh, clamped to the tree. And the next thing you know, they're right there in our lap. So. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. It's funny. It's funny how they can catch you off guard like that. I know um, a couple of years ago, I, 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 it was so cold. We like made a little fire and it was just kind of basically mm-hmm. trying to warm up and take a little little siesta and when i woke up i went to go take a piss over by the tree and <laughs> freaking you know big six by six just 30 yards from us just caught me literally with my pants down and uh it's just it's just yeah. amazing i mean you just never know like i said like I, I found myself if i am gonna have lunch if i'm taking any sort of break um I want to, I want to be prepared and that could be having a decoy set up. It could be just make sure you have your bow ready. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you never know when Mm -hmm. they're going to show up and they're amazing animals too. Like for how big they are. I mean, we've all seen them coming through the timber. It's like, yeah, they can make a lot of noise, but they can also show up like a ghost and you're like, how the hell did this 800 pound animal just show up 10 yards away? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. And, and, they're they're a really cool animal um you know my favorite thing to do with them is is to is to try to call them and get them to bugle that's just the part that's the fun part you know um i and and that's kind of why you know and obviously the decoy is is a huge part of that and and i think in general a significant amount of people hunt elk just like that you know or 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 enter you know they try to call them or try to get them to come in uh and and so the elk the elk decoy you know is just kind of part of that adding to the 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 scenario or the the puppet show you might say yeah um so you know if you sound realistic you're getting an elk interested he sees it when he's looking for it chances are you're going to have, um, you're going to have success. Now, um, if, if you're trying, if you're calling and the elk's coming and then they hang up and they've been sitting there for 10 seconds and whatever, and they thought, Hmm, okay, I'm going to take off. They take a step and then you call and then you say, go ahead and throw that decoy up. Then, then you're kind of handicapping the, the, the effectiveness of the decoy you know he had already yeah. kind of figured out that something wasn't quite right down there and then you throw the decoy up and then he blows out of there he's like this thing doesn't work well you got to give it a chance to work you know you, you you know and that's making sure that they see it when they're looking for it yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um i want to talk to you a little bit about your your elk hunt last year because i think there's a lot of a lot of cool scenarios there from from last fall and obviously we highlighted that uh, if, if people listening you'll have to go back and, and listen to that episode about garrett's uh elk hunt last year but i want to i want to cover more like maybe what on your pub on your public land elk hunt in colorado last year what did a, maybe a typical day look like for you in regards to maybe some strategy or starting out in the morning um like what, how did, how did it kind of unfold or what, what was a typical day like for you? Well, so, um, this was not, this is, it wasn't a typical Colorado elk hunt for me, uh, because it was a coveted unit 
um, draw tag, tag yeah. so lim- limited draw. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't entail any um, like backcountry spike camping and stuff like that. And believe me, there were plenty of there was plenty of that to be had. It's just that the elk in the unit, there was a lot of them. I'm not looking for a giant 380, and and one could be right there any time. But I just wanted a good, respectable bull, um, and and so we just, you know, my elk hunt on this one, which I am starting to really enjoy elk hunting out of, you know, and and camping from the truck. But that literally was we tried to centralize um, our camp and have places that you know we there weren't there weren't any places where we camped where we could just walk straight out of camp we always had to drive somewhere yeah so there were early mornings um late nights you know getting back um and luckily you know and that's when you have to have a good partner one you know people that get out of bed you know and they don't have tags you know and and so it's really you know they don't have um a a ton invested other than hoping that one day they'll draw that tag and um then you know their knowledge of the unit and how things operate you know will they can benefit from that but we basically drove and hiked in in the dark pretty much you know two or three miles uh pretty much everywhere we went and so you know uh there was not as much you know bugling as you know one would hope for and and see, and I think like this year, the season for Unit 76 sets up about as perfect as it can because the season goes deep into September, yeah. where mine was over on September. Tw- my The last day of the season last year was on the 23rd, I think. Yeah, it ended early. Which seems like doesn't even make sense, honestly, <laughs> that you've still got, you know, 10 or 11 days or whatever of September and the elk season's closed, you know, and, and so, um, you know, this year, I think it sets up really good to have a lot more bugling, but, you know, we, we always stayed out the entire, well, I shouldn't say we stayed out the entire day, but, um, you know, as any elk hunt goes, it's, it's being in a spot where you want to be, where there's a, just enough light um, to kind of see and where things are, you know, and you're below the area that you want to hunt. And, and that's just the magical thing because obviously the thermals are just, they're huge. Thermals are the most, you know, important thing to kind of consider, you know, in the mornings and in the evenings and in the afternoons and, 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 and playing those thermals correctly yeah. uh, is just, it's so important. And having elk bugling at night or, um, you know, in the early morning is, is, it does help, you know, kind of figure out a way, help you kind of get underneath them or make, you know, determine where they're at. Um, but it's seriously every day was about, you know, new locations, um, playing the wind and trying to do your best to not, blow elk out of the area that you wanted to hunt yeah and and then and then being aggressive enough um and trying to you know kind of you know that's kind of that magical like it either works or it doesn't sometimes like there's you know always a decision to be made about how aggressive to be um and you know are they responding to calls that was another thing we would get them to respond but we wouldn't get them to come in was really kind of how our season went last year. It was and, a tough year. But it really was. It was a tough year. I mean, it was a tough year. I was lucky to kill one, um, but I wouldn't have had my hunt end any, any other way. Um, I was glad that um, I shot mine when I did, how it went down, all the crap that, you know, and frustration, <laughs> you know, that kind of, led up to that moment. And I think that's probably the biggest thing in elk hunting is being positive because you could just have just absolute 
just terrible luck. Like, you know, we weren't having great luck hearing elk and seeing elk, but not having the encounters that I kind of anticipated. You just got to be positive because in 20 minutes, it could be over. You're, you know, and you could be standing over, you know, a, a huge animal and, and just be, you know, on cloud nine. So, uh, it, being positive is, you know, it's important. And so I don't know if I really answered your question about kind of what I did last year. I just no, persevered. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that's the main thing. And, and, and two, I like, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, even in over the counter units, it's just like, there's the notion you got to get further back in. You got to, you know, get away from the crowds, but there's a lot of good hunting to be had just, just camping out of the truck or, you know, off the road or driving into an area. And, um, you yeah. know, with the, with, especially with, with, with a decoy and just being, you can cover a lot of different spots and just get mobile and like, go check this drainage and, you know, all right, we're going to, yeah. we're going to buzz down the road and we're going to go here. We're going to pull out of this area. Um, we're going to this area and the next day and just, try that out and you can hit a bunch of different spots and you've got all these tactics and tools and, and you're just covering a lot of ground that way. So I, I like that setup. Yeah. yeah. And, and trying to figure out what's working at the moment. You know? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I mean, they, there could the be, definitely tell you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could be fired up one day going crazy, uh, five miles over here in this drainage, you go over the next day, um, they're silent and then you go, you know, maybe yeah. check out another area and they're, it's just a, it's a completely different, zone and it can especially be crazier when you got a hot cow or you know the peak of the rut but yeah. um you know it just right. it, i feel like that that whole side of thing yeah backcountry hunting and and doing it with everything on your back is cool and you can be mobile in your own way but if you really want to like hit completely different areas drive into a vehicle and and hunt hunting from the truck can be a a good option too so yes and and i i think you should be uh, have the options to do both uh, yeah. because there are places where you may want to sleep on the ground somewhere because that's just the way it is you yeah. know i mean um it's just what you this look you know you've you've scouted it or you found it on a map and it's just that's what it calls for but then being versatile and and mobile kind of theming with my decoy you know is is, is important for elk kind of you just you know, you got to be able to sack up and, and, and move. Um, and, and really that's kind of how our elk hunt went last year. Um, I learned a lot, you know, I'm a lot more confident Adam about elk hunting than I ever have. I've, you know, um, because I'm starting to get in them now, so I don't get as uptight. Um, I'm more yeah. comfortable around elk. Um, and you know, I'm more comfortable in the mountains. And so the whole, it's just part of, uh, you know, being confident and then knowing that, you know, I have enough experience to kind of be able to trick one to either come to come into a call, essentially. hundred percent, hundred percent. So what's, what do your future elk hunting plans look like? Anything on the docket within the next couple of years, you're going to try to try to get another bull down on the ground? Oh yeah. I try to go every year. Um, this year we're going to Montana. Um, Sweet. so a buddy of mine and I, we're going to go to Montana and try that. Um, I have, I'm kind of in the points game in Wyoming and I wish that I wasn't because, you know, I think <laughs> you could, you know, I, 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 I could have hunted that state probably four times by now. Um, and so, you know, so I'm kind of indifferent now on points and, and those types of, um, you know, chasing, you know, like if you're a guy that has a spot and, and you're constantly into elk and, um, you know, very successful and, and, and you know, and all of those things, you know, I, it's not always bad to, you know, kind of go for a place where, you know, there's, you know, limited draw and, you know, phenomenal hunting and giant bulls and all that stuff. But, um, you know, for me, I just want to elk hunt, you know, I don't, yeah. I want to elk hunt. And, and so, um, sometimes the over the counters are just, they're hit and miss, you know, one year is awesome. And the next year 
the place completely changes. Um, and so new hunters finding your areas. Um, so I just, I guess I, you know, Arizona, I always put in, you know, I always accumulate points down there cause you know, I can hunt that. I can hunt Arizona probably until I go to the grave almost. I mean, yeah. Not a super physical hunt there. Um, and there's a lot of elk and it's fun. They're bugling and you know, all that stuff. But so, um, yeah, so we're going to Montana and you know, I'm excited to go. I have a bunch of people that I know that live up there that hunted that air, hunt up there. So we're just trying to, we're, kind of sifting through our information right now trying to figure out where to go when to go um but that's essentially it you know then hopefully wyoming next year and maybe after that it would be arizona and then maybe after that it'd be a colorado and just kind of leapfrog across the west i think um, (laughs) i love it that's the goal and and i've always wanted to shoot a velvet mule deer so at some point you know i'm just going to have to make that kind of one of my you know, a priority for me because, you know, there's a lot of cool hunts out there for people that, um, to do. And I think a velvet mule deer in the high country would be, would be really good. And, um, you know, Adam, I don't hunt, um, hopefully people in our con that have been listening to our conversation realize that, you know, I'm not going to some ranch to kill an elk. Um, I, I'm successful or I'm, I fail in the same exact places that that anybody that wants to put in the effort uh to go elk hunting can go um i don't you know i don't i it's 100 percent public land and i do it all myself um i i mean obviously i have friends that give us information that's part of you know doing research yeah um but i don't i don't hire guides i don't go on big extreme elaborate hunts um i just i i've I'm comfortable succeeding and failing on my own um accord I guess. yeah yeah i'm in the same boat i uh i just i just love getting after it by myself to public land stuff and and it's just a if anything it's the experience right like just getting to the mountains and and getting able yes. to being able to experience yeah. a bugle and, and some of that action, regardless of yeah. putting an arrow in one, maybe it's your first time, maybe it's your first year. Uh, you know, don't expect a whole lot, but it's, it's just something you got to do for sure. Yes, it is. And if you don't, you know, and I know kind of your, um, your demographic, the people that you like to, to, to target are people that are thinking about the West or wanting to go to, on a Western hunt. Yeah. And, these freaking animals are big. I mean, and you got to see one close and you got to hear one bugle. It's just, you know, it's, it's the coolest experience, you know, on a chilly September morning hearing an elk bugle, you know, at close range. It's just, you know, it's, you got, if if you love to bow hunt and if you're interested in that, you you know, you got to try it, you know, you just got to get out there and do it and and don't give up until you have that experience. And then you're going to want more. And then you're going to be just like Adam and I, you know, you're going to (laughs) be, you're going to have that thirst and that love to go out every September and do that. And, and part of the, part of the reason why Adam, I, I talk to people and always make a point to say that I don't hunt, like I don't go on canned hunts um, is because, I just think it's kind of uh it would be fraudulent for me to go on a hunt and have all this great success um, with a product where 99.9% of the people can't go or don't go or can't afford to, you know, I just, it doesn't make any sense. I, yeah. you know, it doesn't help people out yeah. for me to go and, 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 and be in that type of a hunting, you know, situation where you know i'm you know i'm just hunting animals that are just you know nobody else can hunt you know yeah like, yeah, yeah I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm about as regular as you can get <laughs> i love it i love it very cool stuff uh well this has got me jacked for elk season i can't wait and uh me too i think i'm gonna go grab my bow as soon as i hang up <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Before, but, but before we drop off, where uh, 
where can we go to find out more information, website, social media? Talk to us about Heads Up Decoy there. Yeah, just, uh, you know, you search us on the web, headsupdecoy.com. Uh, Our elk decoys right now, we are disca- we discounted them. So, um, you know, they're they're more affordable than ever, and they are affordable, and there's adventure in every one of them. And so um, you just go to our website. You can find out information, stories at our blog. You know, it's all right there, linked in on, on the homepage. And, um, and then obviously we have uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, you know, for people if they want to follow us there. Um, you know, so we're, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much, you know, I think where, you know, 90% of everybody lives is on social media as far as, <laughs> you know, companies and, um, we kind of, we keep it real. I mean, all of our stuff is, uh, genuine. Uh, it's not fabricated stuff just to, you know, and edited to make you think that they work, um, you know, a certain way. I mean, it's, we've, we have success and we fail with them. Um, and you know, so, and all of our stuff that we do is basic is, is real. It's not, we don't do any clever stuff with it because it doesn't do me any good um, to say that they work when, um, when I know that half of the stuff that I've done may not, you know, may have been a joke. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, just not how we are. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you always got some good tips and tactics on there too, the website and good stories. I love it. If you sift through, um, our blog, there's some, there's some really good things. And, and here, Oh, about once a week or so leading up to elk season, we're going to be throwing some, just some basic, you know, some, well, I shouldn't say basic, but just some tips um, to kind of help elk hunters in general, whether you're using our decoy or just elk hunting in general that, you know, that you can use. And, and we've tapped in and requested some tips for, uh, from some people that are very accomplished and have been very gracious enough to, to send me some information. And so, um, you know, here and there throughout the week, you know, once a week, maybe on a Friday, maybe on a Monday, we'll throw out a tip for elk hunting. And then once elk season's done, then we'll probably head into, you know, mule deer and whitetail. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. This is, uh, this has been great, Garrett. This is a lot of good tactic you know, strategy information that I think a lot of people can benefit from and, 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 and hopefully they, they pick up a decoy of their own and they get to experience some of the stuff that we have and, and, uh, you know, try it for themselves. So this is, this has been awesome. We'll definitely have to have you back on at some point here soon. You bet. I appreciate it, Adam. It's always a pleasure to be on your podcast and, you know, we can always talk about whitetails too, whenever that comes around or, you know, you'll, we'll, you know, we, we stay in regular contact. Um, so, Whatever, man, I'm here to talk and chat and help people out with our decoys and, and you know, maybe um, different ways to hunt. I love it. I love it. Well, cool, Garrett. Well, I, again, appreciate you getting on, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Adam. All right, and there it is, another episode in the books. Big thanks to Garrett for coming on the show. I had a blast. I learned a lot. Always great talking, you know, hardcore elk hunting strategy i love that so uh hopefully this gets you pumped up for the season like i said we're getting really 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 darn close uh some of you guys are probably uh getting ready to pack your trucks and and start heading west so it's it tis the season it's the time of year all right as mentioned garrett has elected to participate in the giveaway and we're giving away a cow elk decoy from heads up decoy I love this decoy. I never take it or I never go anywhere without it in the elk woods. Just another tool in the chamber. So here's how you enter to win. All right. Three things. Three things. First thing, like the Instagram post that mentions this podcast. So go to Instagram, hit the like button when we launch this episode. Number two, you have to tag two friends in the comments. So uh, leave a comment, uh, just tag two friends. And then the third thing, you have to be following Transition Wild and Heads Up Decoy. So again, three things to enter to win the cow elk decoy. 
like the Instagram post that mentions this podcast, tag two friends in the comments, and make sure you're following Transition Wild and Heads Up Decoy on Instagram. So there it is. Hope you hope you win. I'll select a winner soon. Uh, and I hope you guys are liking these giveaways. We've given away some, some really cool stuff. Knives, uh, binoculars, calls, uh, you know, just, just really cool, cool stuff for hunting. And, and, and hopefully you guys are digging it. We'll, we'll try to keep them coming. So make sure you enter to win. Make sure you check out Heads Up Decoy. And again, if you're heading to Colorado here in just a few weeks, check out the Colorado Beginner Elk Hunting Guide. You can't go wrong there. Go to my page, subscribe. I will send you that for free. All right, hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon.